0: episode of uh, Instagram Live, aka another episode of the Expensive Words podcast. And yesterday we talked about, uh, the episode was called, What Were You Thinking? And we were talking about how writers have to think a lot. It's actually their job. How, as a writer, do you communicate to the reader so that everything you're saying to them makes sense? And uh, I, I was thinking about this. Hello, arrows. Uh, So I was thinking about this today, and I was like, yeah, uh, this is a tricky one, because uh, a lot of times we write something, we already know exactly what's supposed to happen in our own mind, because we do a lot of thinking and planning. And so when we write down things, we might actually forget to tell the reader what's what's going on. So that's one way that you can upset a reader. But the problem is this gets complicated when you think about the fact that some readers only want things to happen a certain way in a story based on their own experience. And uh, I want you to think about this because I've gotten letters from readers and the letters sometimes would make me really sad and they would make me uh, want to quit writing and I don't want you to do that. So instead of... uh, Sorry, my think got a little wiggly instead of telling you, hey, just make sure everything makes sense every- and then you'll be fine. I want to tell you the truth. OK, and this is a hard truth for you to understand. I wrote it down on a post-it note so I could remember it. For every reader who loves your story, there will be someone else who hates it. And I know you're like, Kristen, what are you telling me right now? You're supposed to be making me feel better about my writing. And I want to tell you that when readers come into your story, they have their specific personal experience that they want to try to force onto your story. And some readers will do that to the point where they'll write you a long-winded email And I'm not making this up where they're like, well, this is not called this. And if this character did this, then they should have done this instead of what they really did, which is super unrealistic. And, uh, you know, for me, I always draw inspiration from real life. So when I get a letter like that, I'm like, but no, this actually did happen in real life. And this person who echoes this character really did that thing that I said. And they're like, well, I wouldn't do that. So you have to understand there are readers like that out there, and you you don't care if you lose readers like that. Let me say, <laughs> you know, like uh, if you have an email list, you know that people will unsubscribe from it. And if you're a writer, you should have an email list because that's traffic that you own that no one can take away from you, and it's free. Um, and so – You might have people that unsubscribe. And when I first started going through the process of trying to get people to be part of traffic that I owned, I would like want to cry every single time I saw someone unsubscribe until I realized... I'm paying a certain amount based on how many subscribers I have to my email uh, integration system every month, and if people unsubscribe, I don't have to pay for them anymore. And if they don't like me or they don't like my writing, then that's actually good because why do I want to have to pay to keep them on my list? So you know, I said it's free. It's not totally free. You do have to pay something, but. Uh, in order to counter the feeling that happens when there's something that you write in a story and a reader just doesn't like it because it doesn't match up with their own personal experience, you need to remember this quote from James Clear, okay? I'm going to say it twice because that's how important it is. And I, I read this, like I have this quote around. It's, feel compliments as deeply as you feel insults. And that's James Clear, and he's the one who wrote Atomic Habits. He's awesome. Atomic Habits is awesome. If you haven't read it yet, I highly recommend it. I just finished reading it this year. Uh, my bestie slash business partner Maria sent it to me for my birthday last year, and uh, I just read it slowly because I wanted to savor it. So that's the kind of reader that you want. You want like for me, I love James Clear now, and. Like, if he were to meet me and I would tell him all of these things I love about his stories, he would be happy. But I guarantee you there are James, there are people who would go up to James Clear and say, I don't like your book. I hate you. <laughs> and he doesn't need those readers. He doesn't need those people. But on the flip side, there will be readers who don't understand what's happening in your story because you have failed as a writer to communicate to them in a clear way. And those are not the kind of people you want to lose as readers because they're trying and you have made a mistake. So how do you avoid those kinds of mistakes? Well, (laughs) you need to think. Remember, we talked about in the last episode how you need to think through everything and you need to try to... uh, figure out if it makes sense. And I said that I'm developing a a structure called story puzzles that helps you understand um, when something makes sense together. But so let's say, for example, that I am uh, writing a story about a young girl who likes to skateboard because I am writing a story about that. That's something I'm going to talk about at the end of this episode is the crazy thing I'm trying. Uh, And if you're watching live and if you have any questions about your specific story, like how would I make these two things make sense, yeah, just post it. I'll answer it live. Uh, um, So that's the benefit of watching live on the Literary Symmetries channel is you get to ask questions, and I will answer them. So let's say I have a girl who likes skateboarding. I have to understand myself why she likes skateboarding, what kind of skateboarding she engages in and what kind of people she meets through skateboarding. And that's the purpose of the story that I'm working on now is there's these three girls who like skateboarding and they're all from different uh, places. They have different situations with their family. Uh, I'm trying to, of course, uh, have some inclusion. So they are different races and I need them to meet And so I gave them something in common, skateboarding. But, for example, one of them knows a lot more about skateboarding than the other one. And see, so I have to do skateboarding research because I have to know how much more. I have to understand how to make sense out of the story. And, like, let's say that uh, I have one that's just one of the characters has just bought a skateboard. They, They join in the skateboarding thing, and they can magically skateboard wonderfully right away without any practice. That doesn't make any sense. Like, if you ever tried to skateboard with no experience, you know that you fall a lot. You know that uh, you can hurt your back. <laughs> you know that you can- definitely cannot do anything fancy. And stopping, you look, like, super awkward. You're, like, trying to hop and stop. You know, like, I'm from Southern California, which is one of the uh, quintessential places where skateboarding happens. And so I have tried to skateboard I have failed to skateboard. Uh, my daughter now, she's 13, she skates board, skateboards with her friends. And when any time someone is learning how to skateboard with that group of friends, uh, you know, they they have to be willing to embarrass themselves in front of the group. So you have to think through whether or not your choice for the plot or for the character actually makes sense to a large group of readers not just yourself, because you're not just writing for yourself, unless you are, and then you're not worried about publishing or any of those things. But I meet very few people who are interested in just writing for themselves or to preserve their own family memory or that sort of thing. Most of the people who are writers that I encounter, they want to share their story. They want that connection with the reader. And so that's, you know, that's what this podcast, that's what this channel is all about, is how to make a connection with the reader. And so uh, you have to understand that, yes, okay, a lot of readers are coming in with preconceived ideas – However, um, if it doesn't make sense at all, you're going to lose them. And you have to find the balance between those things. So you have to think, okay, if this makes sense to me, that's fine, but it's not enough. Will this also make sense to someone else? And the someone else, of course, is your reader and your target audience. And uh, so you have to figure that out with the understanding that, okay, I need to make sure that all the information the reader needs is out on the page. Uh, And I'm working with one of my mentees on this right now, because she's like, well, this people don't know who this character is, even though this person is like a historically famous character, because she's writing historical fiction based on something that her family went through. And so, um, you know, like, not every reader is going to have the same historical knowledge that she has. So uh, we're working together to try to figure out how can she incorporate these things inside of the book and get the reader all the information they need if they want to go on that ride with her. And if you want other people to read your stuff, that's what you have to do. And so uh, that's, you know, that's one of the things that when I'm writing a story, I take one piece and I look at it And then I take the next piece and I look and I see how do they connect. And that's why I'm creating the story puzzles framework, because if the things don't have a natural connection point, then I have to create one in between them so that they make sense. And if I have this thing over here that needs like 24 connection points to this thing over here, maybe I need to change this thing. Or maybe, well, I wouldn't change the first thing because it's connected to all the stuff before it. So if I'm writing towards something and I realize that these things don't match up, I would go ahead and make the decision that I'm going to adjust this far away thing so that there only needs to be like two or three or four points of connection. Because when you end up with something, one idea that needs like 24 points of connection to make sense to the other idea, that's what I would call convoluted writing. And that... A convoluted starts with C-O-N, right, which is confusing for the reader. And confused readers do what? They stop reading, and that's not what you want. And so, you know, you have to think, okay, if I have this group of girls and I want to get the group of girls to the point where they're willing to share things with each other, I have to set up these events in between that create intimacy and create opportunities for the intimacy to happen, for them to get to the point where they are willing to share emotional things and difficult things with each other. And so that's the puzzle I'm working out right now. And so that's a pretty great uh, segue into what I'm going to be doing in the next few months. Uh, Basically, starting in January, I'm going to be engaging in a new project. I'm going to wait to finish the time portal If you've been following me with that, because I need to be able to publish fast, because I have to be able to prove to people that all the stuff that I'm saying works. It's called proof of concept. So I've decided what is the best way for me to um, have a proof of concept? Well, I need a book that's short. I need to be able to write a series of these short books, and I need to be able to throw my expensive words out there along with all of the techniques that I teach in Story Filters and Write This Way, which, by the way, Story Filters is live, so you can go get your own free course that will tell you how to stop doing the one thing that readers hate most if you go to LiterarySymmetry.com forward slash Story Filters. Okay that's enough of that. Um, but so I'm I'm embarking on this project where I am going to write five books in five weeks. Yes, you heard that right. Yes, it sounds crazy. But what I figured out is that I can comfortably write 5000 words a day when I have a good outline. And the stories, the, the subjects within the story are familiar to me. So I'm writing a middle grade book about three girls who are basically form a skateboarding troupe in a small western Pennsylvania town. And I'm taking uh, the beginnings of a story that I already wanted to write, um, which I have not talked a lot about, but it's a story that has to do with inclusion and uh, culture and race relations within the U.S. Because why not? I always pick the hardest things to write about. Um, And so I'm taking those ideas and I'm going to create a mini, like a middle grade series that leads into the uh, young adult slash high school book, which is going to be a standalone that incorporates all of these characters as they have now gotten older and matured and they're understanding new concepts and they're learning new things. So uh, what I'm basically going to do for the five books in five weeks is I'm going to write 5,000 words a day for five days. and I'm going to leave weekends for editing because or else I won't be able to release any of these books. Uh, And, you know, Maria's gonna be getting like a bunch of cash for me <laughs> while I'm doing this, but because I'm gonna be like, "Hey, do you want to edit 125,000 words for me?" And she's gonna be like, "Yes, please pay me my money." No, she's not. She, d- I mean, she does say that to me, but in like a joking way that we have established, where uh you know, like Mona Lisa from Parks and Rec. She always sends me like when I send her a payment, she sends me the gift of Mona Lisa going, "Money, please!" and It's a little joke that we have, but um, yeah. So Marie's about to be flushed with cash because I'm going to be doing this crazy exercise because I want to do a series rapid release on Amazon. And I also want to create a funnel to try to sell these books because I'm learning about funnels. I'm almost finished with the uh, One Funnel Away Challenge, which is how I, that's why I made story filters but uh, because I know that people need it, like me, like I myself need it. Um, but I learned how to use Funnel so that I could present it in the best way possible so that I could uh, incorporate the, the Write This Way framework as well. It's been a really busy month for me. I have not gotten to write any fiction. And so what I'm going to do after I finish the One Funnel Away Challenge and I'm testing all my Uh, ads and figuring all that out is I'm going to start in January this five books in five weeks so that I can show you how to use all of the frameworks I've been teaching, not only in uh, Write This Way and Story Filters, but also in the Expensive Words podcast, where we've been talking about all these Um, kind of vague ideas of what to do inside of storytelling. And I'm going to make it real in this series so that people can, uh, first of all, I want more middle grade books because I have two middle graders in my house and uh, they like stories about kids like them. And so I'm establishing what that means. I've been going over books by Beverly Cleary and Judy Bloom, and I'm basically creating a plan for how to do what they've done in every single book that I write in this middle grade series. And of course, I'm going to uh, probably create a course once I do this crazy thing on how you can do it, because you cannot, I mean, at least I cannot sit and write a 50,000 word novel in a week. That's too much. And also, those topics for which I would be writing, if I'm writing in the 50,000 word range, are too heavy for me to pump out at such a quick volume. So I was like, middle grade's perfect. I love it so much. I wish there were better books in that area or more books. Some of the books are really great, but I wish we had more. And so I was like, personal challenge, Kristen, can you take this idea you had for this standalone YA book? transfer it into something that could be a book series and give us multiple POVs in the first few books. And then, uh, well, the first few books will be like, this one is by Pepper's POV. This one is by Ava's POV. This one is by, um, I haven't really named the third character yet because I'm deciding if I want to steal her from another series that I wrote. So, uh, And then I'll have those be standalones. And then the last two books will be dual POV combining the different characters. And it sounds like crazy, but I know it's going to be great. I'm so excited, actually, to sit down and be able to write and to show you how to put all these things into practice. I will be talking about this live. You can ask me questions live if you go to Literary Symmetry uh, and watch out for the live broadcast that I do almost every day. The only times that I don't do them are on Sunday because that's like family day and I have to keep that day from getting taken over by my business because I love my family. And uh, that's going to be very exciting for me and also stressful, but more exciting for you because you get to watch me and see how this whole crazy idea goes. Uh, And I also will be working on, up until January, I'll be finishing the Storytelling Mindset um, free course and then the Get Your Mind Right Challenge, which Get Your Mind R-I-T-E, because of course, right? And we'll be working on these things together. I am so excited for you to implement all of these things that I've been creating into your storytelling and for you to see me do this crazy thing in real time and then be able to pick up the book and read it and be like, yes, good storytelling and a good example of how to take all these ideas and turn them into uh, hopefully a best-selling series. So crazy (laughs) things, (laughs) me, always, always. And uh, I just want to remind you, like I do every time, that it is never too late to write the story of your heart. Bye. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to ExpensiveWords.com or you can find me on Instagram at Spencer, and I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain happy writing